You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics really quickly here. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you get notified when the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. And if you're listening uh, on podcasts, if you are or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you're at make sure to leave a review please if you would leave a five-star review or just give your thoughts on the podcast would really appreciate uh you doing so all right two nights ago LSU defeated Kentucky 65-60 to was the final score. Very frustrating loss. We broke that game down on yesterday's episode of Lockdown Kentucky. Just talked about the frustrations that we had uh, with the way that that matchup played out. And we're going to continue to talk about some of the frustrations today. And I want to start off here kind of bringing back the point that I made late on yesterday's episode. I'm going to start off here continuing to talk about that. Everything is going to be just fine for the Wildcats, right? You lost by five points on the road to a top 25 team in a hostile environment against statistically the best defensive efficiency in the entire country. LSU, LSU's defense is legit. You lost by five. And you didn't have your starting point guard for literally all but four minutes of the game. Everything's going to be fine. You know, Kentucky's going to be able to make it out, uh, and they are going to probably make it through conference play just fine, and they're going to get to the tournament. But let's not excuse the fact that it was still a bad loss and bad things happened, and things need to be adjusted moving forward. We're going to talk about some of the adjustments Kentucky needs to make later on in the show, but I wanted to open up here just to kind of reiterate, just to let everybody know, hey, that was okay and all. It's not the end of the world, but at the same time, it set a precedent, Right. That's Kentucky's fourth road game or neutral site game of the season, and they've lost three of those four. And the the North Carolina game in Las Vegas wasn't even scheduled to happen. The Tar Heels weren't even ready to play Kentucky. So that's just kind of a a, a gimme. Like, oh, sweet, free win. Woohoo. But SEC play on the road, and don't forget, Kentucky's got Kansas on the road for the SEC Big 12 Challenge later on uh, in this season. SEC play just simply does not, it simply doesn't get easier from here on out. And Vanderbilt, if you didn't see it two nights ago, went on the road to Arkansas in Fayetteville and beat the Hogs by one. And I know that that's an Arkansas team that is reeling right now, right? It's a team that has lost four of their last five, I believe. But Vanderbilt... Vanderbilt, guys, they beat Arkansas on the road. Do you think that Kentucky is going to just scrape by an SEC play, not shooting the basketball well, turning it over, not being dominant on the glass as they have been in non-conference play? They've got to improve in a lot of different areas, and it just simply does not get easier from here on out. Things get more difficult. You've got to be able to prepare differently. You've got to be able to adjust, and we're going to talk about adjustments in just a little bit, but I want to point out here something else. Ken Palm predicts that Kentucky will finish the year 5-7 and seven on the road, including uh, including the two losses that uh, Kentucky already has to Notre Dame and LSU. They were 4-6 and six in the 2020-21 season. The Wildcats were 5-7 and seven this year. And look, I'm not asking for perfection, and I believe we talked about this a few episodes ago. I'm not asking per, for, for, for uh, perfection on the road and in the SEC this year. Like I just stated, it's very difficult to win in this conference. Very difficult now. 
but you have to be able to adjust and do things differently if you are going to have a 500 or, rec- or a better record uh, traveling in the SEC this season. You've just got to be able to adjust. And again, I want to reiterate, the precedent that was set uh, just a couple of nights ago is not good. You lost your season opener to Duke. That's a solid team. You lost to Notre Dame on the road. That's not a team that's going to make the tournament. That kind of felt like a fluke loss in the moment. You're not going to shoot two of 19 from three on a given night. And now you lose on the road to LSU. And you were without your starting point guard. Again, do not want to take away from the fact that that was a, that was a very big factor in this game. But you still lost it. You couldn't, you couldn't find the ability to rally the troops and to, to finish that game strong. In fact, there was a 21-2 run at one point in that second half uh, that, that Kentucky was not able to just score the basketball. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you have droughts. Sometimes you don't score points. It's okay. You'll, you'll, you'll eventually find a run here or there, especially if you're Kentucky. But a 21-2 run doesn't happen very often, Right. And we've seen things like that consistently out of Kentucky and their losses this season. Things like that. Not specifically runs and droughts, but we've seen things like that in their losses this year. Just different things. It's like, oh, well, that's really not good. Oh, statistically, that's really not good. And you watch that on film. That's awful. And so I'm just sitting here looking at the way that the SEC schedule pans out and the way that uh, the, the teams that Kentucky has to play on the road. And I'm just sitting here like, man, Kentucky's got to be able to find a way to play a little differently, right? At least you'd have to think they would. or You would, you would think they'd have to adjust, but we're just going to have to see if Cal adjusts. And I do believe that adjustments need to be made. We're going to talk here in just a second about three things that Kentucky needs to do to win on the road in the SEC this season. Because again, I believe the Wildcats have the ability to finish above 500 on the road in SEC play. I've, I believe that they will finish... If they don't get a double buy in the SEC, I'll be shocked. Um, but they've got to be able to make some changes. We're going to talk about three of them in just a moment. But first, I want you guys to picture this. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. And over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. So head to netsuite.com locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com locked. All right, three things that the Wildcats need to do to win on the road this season. Our math department here at Locked On Kentucky has done a phenomenal job uh, putting these numbers together. And our producer, Ethan, actually said that he was more concerned with physical matchups rather than statistics when it came to like breaking this stuff down. So maybe we'll do a little bit of that in the future, but what does he know? I- I'm kidding. Uh, but three things that Kentucky needs to do better to win on the road this season. Number one, shoot the ball with more consistency. In Kentucky's three losses this year, which coincidentally all came on the road, uh, Kentucky shot a combined 75 of 190 from the floor. That's 39.4% from the floor, which is 9.5% underneath Kentucky's average shooting percentage, which is 48.9%. 
So they're not shooting well uh, from the floor in, in losses. And they're not shooting well from three uh, specifically. 17 of 61 from three in the three losses Kentucky has had this season. That's 27.8%, which is 5.8% underneath Kentucky's average uh, three-point percentage on the year, which is 33.6. So there needs to be more consistency shooting the basketball. And a lot of it does have to do with matchups, right? You run into the best defensive team in the nation. LSU's got length. They've got guys that can run the floor with you. They've got guys that can press. They're athletic. They can shoot the basketball as well, which mentally kind of gets you in a funk on the offensive end. You've got to be able to keep up, it feels like at some points, speed you up mentally. So I think that shooting the ball more consistency or with more consistency needs to happen. And you've got shooters on your roster, right? Kellen Grady, Ty Ty Washington. Those are your two. You've got other guys that are starting to blossom in their role. Jacob Toppin uh, with 16 points, man. I like to see him continue to develop. I think he's going to be special as the uh, season goes on. Second thing here, shot selection needs to improve. And this is my big complaint. This is the big one right here. If you've listened to this podcast, which I'm sure you have, you've noted that I have a gripe with the way that Kentucky selects their shots. And specifically, I I have an issue with the amount of two-point jumpers that they take. Now, I've not done a ton of research on the amount of two-point jumpers that Kentucky has taken until today. And I put together some numbers here. But before I get into those numbers, I want to point this out. Just a couple of weeks ago, NCAA.com put out an article titled, Men's Basketball Shot Selections Are Becoming More Uniform, and That Means Fewer Mid-Range Twos. That was put out on December 16th of 2021. The point of the article was not to cite that better shot selection necessarily means better efficiency on offense, but rather to point out that there was no direct correlation between the two. It's not the shot selection that has made teams better, uh, as as the game of basketball has evolved, but it simply comes down to the athletes on the roster and their ability to score from anywhere on the court. Layups, two-point jumpers, and threes. And this is something that the article said, quote, what could be described as an old-school shot selection did not hurt the 2012 version of the Tar Heels. However, all North Carolina did that season was go 32-6, and six, finish atop the ACC standings, you flip my notes here. As you can tell, I try and keep this podcast somewhat uniform. And they earned a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and they finished the spring with the 12th most efficient offense in the country per KimPom.com. Not only did North Carolina attempt not attempt a lot of threes or layups, but they weren't even a great shooting team. The Tar Heels' efficiency was based on shot volume, meaning it took more shots than its opponents, end quote. So again, it's not about the shot selection per se. It's about the athletes on the court, and it's about the amount of shots that you get up. And if you listen to our breakdown of LSU, the the, the preview uh, episode of that of the Kentucky LSU matchup, we noted that LSU's points and their efficiency came from the fact that they put up so many shots. They put up over sixty five a game, which is high. You look at the way that Kentucky shoots the basketball, right? They put up a decent amount of shots, but it's the volume in certain areas that lead to efficiency or they don't. And according to hoopmath.com, which is a fantastic website, 37.9% of Kentucky shots are two-point jumpers, and that is ninth in the country. 358 teams, 
ninth most, 37.9% of Kentucky shots are two-point jumpers. Their shooting percentage, however, on said two-point jumpers is 38.5%, 121st nationally. And if you listened just a minute ago, I noted that Kentucky's overall shooting percentage from the floor was 48.5%. So their shooting percentage on two-point jumpers is directly 10% underneath their average. What does that tell you? It's probably probably a bad shot. Out of the nine other schools in the top ten of percentage of two-point jumpers taken, so Kentucky was ninth, out of the nine other schools in the country that shoot a ton of two-point jumpers, only one of those teams is inside the top 100 of shooting percentage on two-point jumpers, and it's not Kentucky. So all of these teams that are taking a high volume of two-point jumpers aren't knocking them down. And I'll go through here real quick. Florida A&M, 225th in two-point jumper percentage. Alabama A&M, 349th. uh, Cal State Bakerfield, uh, 112th. San Diego State, 232nd. Alcorn, 335th. Jackson State, 341st. California, 63rd. They are the outlier here. And then South Florida is 256th in two-point jumper percentage made. So there seems to be a direct correlation between volume of shots and percentages of shots made and the offensive efficiency, specifically with these two-point jumpers. Why is that, you ask? Well, it's because it's a bad shot. You take more of them, you make less of them, you have an inefficient offense. It's It's not a good shot. And that's been my gripe. And now that I've got numbers to prove it, the point being... I don't think Kentucky should be taking as many twos as they have been, specifically outside the paint area. There's literally there's numbers to back it up, guys. I'm not crazy. And I don't want to necessarily sit here and say that Coach Cal's got to get with the times or he's got to be able to you know get with the program or whatever. I'm just saying the Kentucky offense, I think it needs to evolve a little bit. Because that article put out by NCAA.com also pointed out that teams within the SEC, some examples were uh, were teams like Alabama, they are becoming more uniform on offense. Alabama takes layups and they take threes. If you listen to our recap, what did we note about LSU? They take layups and they take threes. We put up shot charts on the YouTube page to explain it. If you want to go back and watch that episode, Kentucky has got to be able to to be more decisive with their shot selection because I think they're taking way too many two-point jumpers. Final uh, note here. Decisions in transition for the Wildcats. Kentucky is 16th nationally in shots taken in transition. That's very high. This goes back to what we were saying about shot selection, just talking about decisions, right? But a lot of decisions are being made in haste. Not necessarily a bad thing whenever I say haste because it's, it's on the fast break. It's in transition. But you have to be able to make your opponent respect everything. Note what LSU did, whether Kentucky was going fast or slow. Kentucky was trying to get into the paint. LSU's defense would collapse. They leave shooters open. You have to be able to make opponents respect your three-point shooters. And if Kellen Grady had knocked down at least one of those threes in the first half, I'm sure we would probably be singing a little bit of a different tune. But Kentucky's shooters did not pull through in the game uh, against LSU. You've got to be able to make teams respect that outside shot in transition. 
even the occasional pull-up jumper. You've got to be able to make him respect that. But you, that's not the shot that you want every time down the court. And we saw it a ton in the first half against LSU. We saw it a ton. We have to be able to make better decisions in transition. So to recap, better decisions in transition, better shot selection, and better and uh, better consistency with three-point shooting. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just blanked out there. All right. So now that we've, uh, we've gotten that out of the way, I want to talk here in just a second about, about the SEC officiating because that was the other thing in the, in, the, in the loss that really stood out to me. Talking about frustrations with the game. Yeah, the SEC officiating was one of the things that frustrated me. We're going to talk about what is wrong with SEC officiating in just a moment. All right, Kentucky fans, let me tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. If you have Get Upside as all locked on Kentucky listeners should, then you will be making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app on the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code COLLEGE, uh, excuse score, excuse me, score, uh, to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Upside again. Download the app for free. Use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, so head over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you can hear the rustling of the notes, I've got quite a few of them uh, today. The SEC officiating. It's not been good for the past two, three seasons. And in my opinion, it was not very good uh, during the game that LSU and Kentucky played just a couple of nights ago. In fact, I would say that it was, it was quite poor. And it's not just Kentucky fans that have been incredibly frustrated with SEC officiating throughout the past several years, two, three seasons. It's everybody. Everybody's a fr- everybody at some point has been frustrated with the way that a game has been called. And in 2020, the 2020-21 season, these were the foul calls. Okay, so these are the Power Six conferences I have right here and the amount of fouls that they, they uh, had called in their conferences. The Big 12 had about 4,800 fouls called in the 2020-21 season. The Big East had 4,900. The Pac-12 had 5,900 the Big Ten had 6,400, the ACC had 6,900, and the SEC had 7,700 fouls called. That's 553 fouls per team. That's ridiculous. And we are on pace right now to have a very similar outcome as last year. And I also want to point out there were less games last year. We're about to have a just a surge in fouls called. If you go and you look, just about every media outlet at some point in the past year 
that is relevant to the Southeast has put out an article related to sports talking about the officiating. If you want to go and Google it, you're probably going to find quite a few articles complaining in 2020 about the officiating, how it's getting worse and worse and worse, and there are more fouls being called, and then there are moments where fouls don't get called, and you see games like last season, uh, Auburn versus Arkansas, heads to overtime, I believe, Sharif Cooper, drive to the basket, literally gets slapped in the face, and nobody calls a foul. You see games like Kentucky versus LSU, where there was such a chaotic end to the matchup, and nothing was called. At no point, even when there was a stoppage in time, for some reason after Kellen Grady got a shot blocked, and I put that in air quotes because they didn't even look to see if it was potentially a foul. I mean, night in and night out, we are seeing consistently from these SEC officials, we are seeing consistent inconsistency. We're seeing momentum swings. We're seeing fouls called in stretches. We're seeing no fouls called for 10 minutes at a time. And then we're seeing just dumbfounding things happening at, happening at the end of close matchups that determine outcomes unfairly. If there is a foul on the floor, an objective foul, then it deserves to be called. I'm not arguing about that. What I'm arguing about is the inconsistencies within the game that the officials control. And it's so frustrating to see in a game like LSU versus Kentucky, nothing get called or everything get called at different points. There has to be some type of middle ground. There has to be some type of consistency with these officials. And they should be held accountable. They're Division I officials. They should know what they're doing at this point. Way too often does a team get robbed of a victory or a chance to win the game often in college sports and in professional sports nowadays. If you watch the Music City Bowl between Purdue and Tennessee, a lot of you, uh, if you watch that game, may hold the opinion after watching it, Uh, that Tennessee got hosed because they scored a touchdown in overtime. Uh, But the officials did not see it that way. I'm just over here advocating for more consistency. I'm not over here saying that we need to, you know, like ban this official or ban that official or things need, prices need to be paid or things like that. I'm just asking for more consistency because these other conferences don't have as many fouls called. The next closest was about a thousand fouls less. The next closest conference last season. We've got to be able to make adjustments, guys. We've got to be able to make adjustments. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about uh, the, the team, the program, the football program, send me a message. I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless.